Good evening, fellow morons, and welcome to the most depressing stream yet. So, uh, many of you will be looking at that headline thinking, what on earth does that mean? But we do have a couple of barnstorming movies in store for you tonight. Uh, but before we jump into that, how are the morons doing? Are you feeling a bit heavy after this week? Sad. Oh, man. I watched these both in one day. I watched them both on a Sunday. Doing like Sundays are supposed to be nice and enjoyable, but it was fucking hellish. But it was alright. Right. I'm glad I didn't do what you did, Daniel, because that was my plan at one stage. I think I wouldn't. I would have just like I don't know what I was done with myself last night. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> as well. But well, something's going to have to with me during the stream, I think. We're going to have to think of a way, and I'm sure uh, with some comments and trivia that we're going to have, that will certainly be the case. Uh, but before we jump into this week, as always, we just do a little <laughs> recap on the previous week. Uh, last week, can we remember the two movies that we watched? Here you go, Bunsy. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jojo Rabbit and Don't Look Up. Guys, that took way longer than what it should have been. I, I actually told you three minutes before we came on the two films, and there was a big pause there. See, what I noticed recently was that we've been talking over each other at that point. Yeah. So I consciously went, when you go, Burnsy, and then knew you've made it shite. Well, <laughs> it was better. That was better than normal. <laughs> Nobody, one, one random one of us next week to do it, and then that you'll see if they were actually listening when you've read out the films, and then you go, that's the one way to do it. A, te- a test. <laughs> Sounds good to me. Sounds good to me. So Jojo Rabbit came in at a 3.75 and Don't Look Up came in at 2.9. Can we remember roughly where that went on the leaderboard? Um, One upper and one lower mid-table. These two are still the most popular posts on Instagram as well for some reason. Just mental. People are still interacting quite a lot. Yeah, there's still people arguing, still people arguing underneath these, uh, which is madness. About all sort of, we'll get to Sean later, but like about all sorts of like weird and wonderful stuff. Like, although I see marriage story one as well seems to be popular, so we'll see how this goes. Mm-hmm. It'll definitely be interesting to to talk about anyway. So, Jojo Rabbit came in at number uh, well joint twenty second on our leaderboard, um, and Don't Look Up came in at. Joint 55th alongside Who Framed Roger Rabbit. So I'll be keen to see where we go with these ones for this week. Um, quick question though before we jump in as well. Have you guys continued with the MCU? Uh, yeah, I'm going to show where I was. Yeah. I'm going to watch Hawkeye. Aye, I watched uh, Black Widow on Saturday so that I could watch Hawkeye this week whilst I'm still off injured. So that was my... I'm trying to fill in the gaps before I restart it again. <laughs> oh wow! Well, that's me uh, caught up to Endgame again since New Year's. So I watched Endgame on New Year's Day, and I've watched all the movies in between, all the way back up to Endgame as of yesterday. Well, do you know who is in Hawkeye? That obviously what you're going to want, somebody you're going to want to see is in well, Hawkeye. I know nothing about Hawkeye at the moment, so please keep that to yourself. Um, Hawkeye, we're, we're, we're going to jump into <laughs> Spider Man. Tomorrow, I think, and then Eternals is coming on to Disney by the on Wednesday. So I've got that and Shang Chi to watch before. I think we're maybe going to go to the cinema and watch Spider Man for the third time. Uh, we're getting a lot of hate for Spider Man as well. 
<laughs> well, three times in such a short space of time. That just doesn't do it for me at all. Oh, it's incredible. I'm absolutely buzzing for it. But anyway, that was too much excitement considering what we've got in store coming forward for the next <laughs> hour or 15 minutes or 10 minutes that we're going to probably run this stream for. But let's start off nice and cheery with Schindler's List. So Schindler's List, uh, movie made in 1993, a whopping three hours and 15 minutes, which you guys must have been buzzing about. Um, in Germany, in German-occupied Poland during World War II, industrialist Oskar Schindler gradually becomes concerned for his Jewish workforce after witnessing um, their pre-persecution. Pre sorry, I can't even speak. I can't even talk by the Nazis. I think we're going to come to Hunter first to get his thoughts. Uh, set the tone for the rest of the stream, Hunter. Oh gosh, I mean. <laughs> Look at that, the notepad is right in front of the camera. Uh, guys, oh, just in terms of... Well, that's it. And uh, we do have all five morons here. We just obviously have some cameras off and hidden up in the corner. So we are here, though. We are here. Yeah, we're all here. All good. All right, so, I mean, for this, it's fucking gut-wrenching, heartbreaking, like... It's almost like it's what I, apart from the performances of Ralph Fiennes and uh, William Neeson, are both playing different, very different roles and both executed brilliantly. I mean, there's for me, there's not a lot of much positives to take away from it. I think it's just because of the subject matter. It just it's still. I mean, here we are, seventy plus years on, and it's still. Very raw. I like watched it. I think that was the first time I've watched this in years, and it is. It's just so harrowing. I mean, just the bit. I think what the kind of probably stuck home for me the most was the bit was a uh, Schindler and his missus are up kind of overviewing the town as the sort of the I don't know how you would call it when the sort of the Nazis take their turn and just um, start killing everyone the left, right, and centre um, with a massacre. And they've just kind of, you've just seen it, like, the how the harrowing and how cold-blooded and murderous that they've been. When they've just got, lining, like, eight folk up in a wall, against a wall, and just seeing how many... Basically, it, it, it comes a game with them, and it's, it just shows how evil and cunty that they were. And it's, it's, it's heartbreaking, and it's gut-wrenching, and it's so sad and harrowing. And even all the way, right the way up to the end, it's... I suppose like you've got the positives that have been is the the sort of the nicer sort of the human humane side of Oscar Schindler for saving as many people as he could, um, and obviously is the takeaway from it. But again, he's obviously done. He's although he was on the run at the end of the war, you obviously you see from the end scene when they're all down visiting his grave that he does go on to lead somewhat of a life um, post war. And I imagine it's probably from the good work that was recognised possibly that he done and trying to save as many um, of the Jewish people that he could. And I said, as a film itself, I mean, it's almost like a dramatisation, a document, obviously, because it is one of those films that is based on things that might have might happened in real life that I do love. Um, that because I think the subject matter, I think, I mean, it's not, you know, I, I just find it hard to describe Trying to find positives on such a harrowing subject, essentially. 
And I am hoping that our resident bundle of joy, Mr. Sean Field, can try and shed some positive thoughts on this for me. There isn't really anything positive to say about it, is it? It's, I, I think it's one of the... I, I, I found that like a really, really hard watch for more reason than one. All the reasons that you've kind of mentioned. Uh, but then, just as well, because... <laughs> It's, it is really long. It is, it is, a, it is a necessary film to, to show, obviously, how this... And I think it's, it, it has been covered in other films as well. Uh, but, but this one has done it best for me. But I, I think I first seen this back at like, school. And I can't remember if it was primary school or high school that we showed us it. But I remember that was the first time that, that, that we seen it. <laughs> sorry, and if it was primary sorry, school that we watched it, I'm disgusted... Uh, we St. Francis Xavier, uh, we should hang their head in shame because that's not a, a film for children to be watching. <laughs> uh, but no, it's fucking, it was a really, really, really hard watch. Uh, like I, kind of, like I, I watched it today as well, uh, and it took me well over the three hours, 15 minutes to actually watch it. Uh, there was a few things I had to kind of pause it and just kind of go back to it like maybe 20 minutes later. Uh, the the way that it was shot and everything like the black and white it, 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 for a film that came out with ninety three it actually felt like it was shot in like the late thirties early forties I thought that was absolutely amazing like I thought the whole cinematography was brilliant uh, but I, I it was just a really really hard watch uh, and to watch these two films back to back today has left me absolutely fucking scunner uh, and I'm quite a bad place in the like <laughs> well. I mean, it is, it is heavy going, right? And um, But what what I think stands clear for this film is we are sitting here talking about how difficult it is to watch, and that's exactly what it's meant to be, isn't it? Like, it's supposed <laughs> to be like that. And I think, in terms of movies, it's absolutely stunning to watch. Like, it's an amazing movie, um, and it's, there's reasons why it's won so many awards. It's so highly rated on things like IMDb and stuff. Because see, I, sorry, when you know you go. I was just going to say, like, like, I'll be interested to see what scores this gets because, as you said there, it's obviously meant to be hard to watch. But I don't see how anybody could find this an enjoyable watch. Who's going to sit through and enjoy this? Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So yeah. it, it's just it's <laughs> like a, a really 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 tough watching, and I, I don't see how anybody could say, "Oh, this is my favourite film," or because I've, I've really enjoyed that. I would like to watch that again one day. Like it should be one done, like for me, because it's just it's fucking horrible. So I think this maybe comes down to what you're what you're looking to get out of watching a movie, then, because obviously in terms of this movie, you've mentioned the cinematography, the way it's shot, the acting in it is fantastic as well. Like, you actually get sucked in and it becomes an emotional movie and you start to put yourself in the place of these people and wonder what it would be like. And I think, in terms of the movie, it ticks all those boxes for that. Yes, you're not going to get the same thrill and enjoyment as you'll get out of Fast and the Furious flying cars into space, but this isn't the aim to do that. I've never known anybody enjoyed Fast and Furious nowadays. <laughs> nah. <laughs> so that's a terrible example. <laughs> is that no? I thought it was only films you watched because the rocks in them. No. <laughs> but but my, my point being is that it, this isn't going to fill you with excitement. Um, but in terms of a film, I mean, I think it's top quality. I think it is absolutely fantastic to watch. Uh, it's not a subject matter that you would rush back to watch. And I watched it over the space of two days because it is hard to sit for 
three hours solid and and feel sad for the whole time. So you have to take breaks and fair play for doing that as well when you watch it all in the one day, Sean, that you need to take little breaks in between it because it's just heavy. Um, but let's bring let's bring Burnsy. I, I'm going to assume, Burns, this is the first time you've seen this. I don't know. Like, I think some of the Sean I did it when I was younger, but... <clears throat> I don't know. primary school. No, maybe as long as that, no, I don't think my primary school didn't give us that. <laughs> get, getting, the, getting the Holocaust shoved in your face in between playing rounders. <laughs> um, I may have watched it either at high school, at least, or when I was around that age, but I um, can't remember. There's, a, there's an awful lot of tits and fanny in this for primary oh, school, <laughs> even high school. Uh, it must have been primary school that I seen it in, but I, I remember being very young and uh, it was definitely at school that we first watched it. Uh, I can't remember watching it all at school, so it was maybe just certain parts that the show was uh, for relevance to whatever it is we were doing at school, but I certainly don't remember seeing any, 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 any boobs or anything at school. New Willies. <laughs> certainly not at the school I went to anyway. <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe they cut all that out and just left the Willies in, Sean, knowing your school. Well, isn't it a gay school? <laughs> <laughs> So anyway, we'll try and keep this serious. Bonzi. Um Yeah, it's like... I think similar to sort of what you were saying, Kel, is like, it depends what you're trying to get out of. Like, when I'm watching a film, I want to be so entertained. And also I knew, like, I was never going to be entertained. It was going to be a hard watch to for the for the three hours or so, um, which it was, obviously. It was really, um, it was really sad throughout. Obviously, there's not any sort of... You were never going to get points where it was going to, like... Um, sort of level out if you like which you knew going in I, I watched it over sort of two two periods as well which I think helped slightly um, as Sean had mentioned it, it's, it's it's a really well done movie um, like I think on sometimes if a movie set that far back I could imagine me coming on here and either saying that uh, like I, mean, I could have possibly complained it was in black and white or complained how old it was all that kind of stuff whereas it was set the the way it was like directed and acted and everything, it, it was like awesome for that point of view. Um, I did struggle though, but I think part of that was one that we had because I'd watched um, the next film, uh, Marriage Story, like the night before it, and also because we did not that obviously completely different films in terms of what you get out of it, but because we'd watched a film that was about Nazis last week as well, then obviously you're going from one extreme to another. So, like, I know for me, I'm going to compare it to Jojo Rabbit um, because, because not because, obviously, you're, you're, you're going to go Jojo Rabbit and there is, like, fun scenes and it's it's quite humorous at stages. Obviously, this is a completely different spectrum. Um, I put that to Mr. Terrific. Um, like, the... Obviously, there was that much, like, when people are... When the Jewish people are getting killed and, like, when you see, obviously, how harrowing it is for all of them, it does really hit home. And like um, I think me and Daniel had both been to outfits and and seen it there and like I came out and I was just like I think when we met my group of pals and that and when we came out I don't even spoke to each other for a while just because like it was just like stunned silence of what people had to go through when you read about it and obviously watching that sort of brought it back to going to see that um, definitely encouraged people to go there once to to experience that and see how how bad it was for everyone back at that stage. Um, but yeah, like it was, I think, 
think for me as well, it was a bit too... There wasn't any scenes that were, were pointless, obviously. It did all add to the movie, but even though I was sitting over two sittings, it was it did see it feels if it dragged it dragged a bit just because it was just constantly like you were constantly sad throughout it. Which for me, as I say, is like I'm want I'm wanting to watch something I'm gonna really get entertained, really enjoy, which obviously this isn't what you're supposed to do, but and although I can appreciate what it is, it's not something that I'll class as really highly in terms of score for that reason. It's just about personal preference and what you're wanting to get out of it. Um See what Daniel thinks about it because he said he had a lot to say. Hi, uh, just to go back to the house, but you've, you've been as well, Kylie. Yeah, yeah, I've been. So, uh, see, when I when I wa- was watching this, and when you see the train coming through under the underpass and uh, out of man, just took me back to like being there and looking at it and just thinking how horrible <laughs> it was that these people just come off a train, got put in a line, half went to die, mm. half went to work, and. It, they just get split up and for me it's, it's like when you're there as well seeing it it's a, obviously it's a, a sombre place and it's it's difficult to imagine what people were actually going through at, their, at that point but it's definitely historically important um, and I think this movie is as well because it does it paints the picture well from what you get told during the tours and stuff when you're there also um, yeah, definitely. It's just, it's like all the uncertainty plus the hysteria, but they're also getting fed all this hope as well, which makes it really sad for me. Like it's dead horrid watching them like go through that, hearing the story about potentially being gassed, and then they all get hammered into this room, but then they get showered, and then they get put back out it, and then they get all the kids ripped off them, and it's just like I could not imagine what it like what it was like and I think the, the film itself paints a, a a very individual picture of how corrupt it was how dodgy it was like how evil the Nazis were throughout it the the mm-hmm. one scene that stood out for me for this movie and I was like anticipating it come up the whole way through it um, and I can't remember what the guy's name was on it but it was when they pull the older guy out in the middle of the road and they're trying yeah. to shoot him and they can't, mm-hmm. and they're just taking. He's sitting there, knowing he's going to die, waiting for it, and he hears the click over and over and over. And I just think, like, imagine being in that situation to the point where they just hit him with a gun because he can't kill him. Like, it's the one scene for me that really hits home about shit like that. Got my emotions going massively watching it. Um, and uh, he he's the one that um, he gives the wine to at the end, just before that. And that's the same guy. <laughs> oh, is it? I couldn't remember exactly where, like, I knew there'd be some sort of uh, significance for him to come back, but it was just a. It's tough to watch, man. Like, them, they um sitting in the, his little uh, balcony just shooting people for the fun of it. Like, it's a sport for them, isn't it? Like, it's horrid. Yeah. Absolutely horrid. But yeah, no, Outfits is, is an experience, like. Yeah, man. Uh, um... Much like you guys say, it is. It's one of those things I would say everyone should do if they get the chance. But um, the things that sort of stood out to me from going there, and then you start, you sort of put this side by side because like you used a good word, which is that this film is quite important. Like it's it's, it's one of those things that um, 
see if someone says to you, oh, you should watch this film. It's one of those films that everyone should see. And it just makes you think of a wanker. Um, but this one, okay, like, not just because you might think it's amazing, you might not like it, but I, think, I still think everyone actually should watch this film. Like, it's, it seems to be such an honest, like, this is what it was like. This is, you're going to see it. We're going to show you every single part of it. We're going to show you all the worst parts. Because um, obviously there's been loads and loads of films about this topic, and they all, to some sort of extent, have to gloss over certain parts. They do, they, they shy away from the reality of it because they're pushing towards entertainment. It's a movie, much like Sean said and uh, Burns said, that you don't, you're sort of wanting to be entertained by a film. So most films, even about this subject, like we watched Jojo Rabbit last week, mm-hmm. um, and there's a few other films about uh, the same subject, they, they usually have, they take a bit of the reality away from it, whereas this one just shows you everything. So I, and I think that's why I think it's so important that everyone should watch it. There's little things in it for me that, like, they, they do it, there's so much in this that at no point did I stop paying attention. See where a film that's over three hours long. Um, although I did have to take a break, like you guys, I took a break in the middle. Um, I had my full attention at all times. So when I was trying to think about it today for coming on, there's so many little bits that jump into my mind, like the little boy having to hide in the, in the puddle of shite under the toilet. But leading up to that, sort of going everywhere, he was looking, somebody was already hiding. And I know you were saying there's not much lightheartedness in it. There was just something a wee bit a little bit amusing about a few really way things that they did um, like Schindler going about shagging all the women um, and like a few little things that they keep it so it's not just the relentless death and shooting people in the street but it really does escalate towards the end and that's where it gets a bit like you guys all mentioned difficult to watch there's a bit where it just sort of escalates and there's just tons and tons of people and there's piles of bodies in the street but the, wor- the worst bit for me was when they had to dig up all the old bodies and burn them. And there was just like corpses upon corpses. And then obviously they see the little girl with the red dress that he'd seen when he looked at the top. And the met that I mentioned earlier. So I, it just makes you think how, like, just imagine it, man. And that's the thing, right? He saved a thousand people, roughly 1,100 people, right? How many Jewish people die? Was it like six million? Yeah, mm-hmm. six million. Uh, I mean, it's fucking mental. Like that's a, a tiny, tiny, tiny drop in the ocean that he. So I it, it puts everything in perspective so well. I think that it does justice to the topic more than any other film. Like yeah. so, I. His reaction when he starts to understand that his lifestyle that he's been leading could have saved more people. And that yeah. because I I think so to talk about Oscar Schindler as a character, right? He's really unlikable for most of the film. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I, do, I think his his arc is really good. He, he goes there with selfish intent, so he yeah. only takes the Jews because they're cheaper. Yeah, yeah, and he wants to make so, the kind of not kind of exactly. So and that's how it starts off for selfish reasons. And it's through, and it's always through his relationship with Ben Kingsley's character, and I think Ben Kingsley's amazing. No one's mentioned him yet, but I think he's he's fucking class in this. And it's their relationship really is what the big arc of this movie is for me. And it's through that and him 
growing closer and closer to him as a friend that he realises what he should be doing. Um, and that's what he's done by then. He, he basically gave away everything by then. But when he realises that his little pin could have been a human being, that his car could have been four human beings, like, obviously there's a few emotional bits in this film, but that was a bit where I, I didn't quite cry, but I got pretty close. I got the, the wee feeling, you know, sad. But, uh, I, yeah, I don't know. It's hard to use the word enjoy, but I definitely appreciate this movie. Yeah, that's probably probably the best word that you can use to yeah. to describe yeah. it. But like I say, just just to go back to Oscar Schindler's character, because from watching this movie before, I just remember the, the the hero at the end, and I actually forgot how much of like a an narcissist he is the whole way through it, and <laughs> to, even to the point where like nobody actually references his wife as being his wife because he's got that many women coming and going he's selfish and it's all flamboyant it's all about him it's all about what he can get um, so yeah you spend 80% of the film thinking this guy's a wanker like and then he progresses as a human <laughs> I suppose where he starts to understand or, or realise what's going on um, I did think it was quite cool when they were talking about like the, the the ammunitions that they were making and stuff. I mean, he was like, um, "If any bullet comes out that like, can be fired, comes out of here, then we've failed." Um, I totally forgot that whole scene existed. So when that was on there, I thought that was really cool because he's he's in <laughs> sabotaging it all and he's doing a really good cause. But it's um, I don't know. It's one of the most you don't really hear many stories about these individual brilliances that he's done and like you said earlier to save a thousand people out of the six million as well it, it does seem like a drop in the ocean but it's so so important at, yeah at the end of the day god it is heavy guys it is heavy so if, if you are listening to us thank you for staying with us and watching the viewer count here go up and down like a yo-yo so stick with us it is not the the most entertaining stream, but we are talking about a really important subject that for us, um, I don't know if I speak for you guys here, but I'd certainly suggest watching this movie if you haven't. It is a really, really important and good movie to watch. And there's a reason it's in, for instance, the top 10 IMDb of all time. Uh, as 1940s, Liam Neeson's character would definitely have had syphilis. Go on. 100%. I mean, I, I can look at it went in on the hardness and the hardness of the, but right, there is about, I don't know if I touched on it or we kind of maybe sort of skipped around it, but you see the bit where his wife comes to visit and she's like, oh, I'll stay if I can be known as, as long as I'm just not going to be like Mrs. Schindler. And then it's like next scene waving her off the train and she's like, what along with it? That was it. That was stood out actually completely. It was so out of tone with the rest of the movie. It was like a slapstick moment at The Simpsons or something like that. It was, yeah. How cool is it though with the wee girl with the red dress? Like just the cinematography side yet again. Like that. (laughs) He's obviously caught the eye of this wee girl, and it's something that he's remembered. And then when you see her later on, obviously being carted, it's it's a a lot darker red as well because she's obviously past Uh that point. There's loads of really memorable things from it that are that make this film amazing. Uh, it is an amazing movie. Hunter, let's say uh, get some trivia in it as well. Let's try and see if there's anything that's going to spice us up a little. Yeah, so that, I, mean, I had to look for some material for us. And again, because of the subject matter and a lot of it being taken from 
real life and real accounts. There's a lot of relations back to the people uh, sort of telling their accounts and the things that's maybe related to in the film. But there are a few things that I've got here anyway. So Mila Pfefferberg, um, so she was one of the survivors that when she was introduced to Ralph Fiennes um, on set, she physically began shaking because she was like, reminded him. So I reminded her so much of um, Eamon Goff, who was, he was actually the role he was obtaining in the film. And he, Ralph Fiennes, they put on two stone for the role by drinking Guinness. Again, tough gig if you can get it. <laughs> It was uh, cast by Spielberg because of his evil sexuality. Oh, I don't know what to know more about that. No, me neither, no. So, uh, on the final scene, so obviously when they went down and they started putting the stones down on uh, Oscar Schindler's grave, there's a flower that gets come along and put on top of the stone. Down. I think it was commonly thought that that was Steven Spielberg. <laughs> it was actually Liam Neeson who comes down and put the flower on top of the stones at the end of the film. But... So, so I see at once at the end scene where they're going down to put all the stones on the grave. Ah, yeah. At once it starts going, there's somebody come to put spurs down on top of the stones on top of the gravestone. And according to the trivia, everyone thought it was, or people thought it was Spielberg, but it was actually Liam Neeson who done that, came down to put the flowers on top of the grave. <laughs> I'd read that, so. <laughs> I can see why Daniel's a bit shocked, though. <laughs> Dead confused by the looks of it. Yeah. Hi, Gary. <laughs> uh, so Ben's king of the character, I can't remember who the name of the person was who he was playing again in the film. I really should have written it down. But in the re- reality of it, it wasn't that person who was Goats or whatever it was. So it wasn't that person who was actually helped Schindler write the list. It was actually a person called Marshall Goldberg. Um, but the survivors, um, when hearing his name, were going to a state of disdain. Because apparently he wasn't as good and as honest as the person was that's portrayed in the film. Apparently he was like quite corrupt and was taking bribes for people getting on the list and stuff like that. So that's maybe obviously why it's been a different character than all of the story. Um, Harrison Ford was the original first choice for uh, Liam Neeson's role for Oscar Schindler, but he said he declined it because he didn't want people. Um, to sort of get the affiliation with Indiana Jones and the seriousness of this film, so he took a step back when he was first offered the role. Thank fuck, that would have been shite. But also on that final scene as well, um, the ending, so the final scene where the real survivors go down and visit Oscar uh, Schindler's grave, was it originally part of the film? Uh, Steven Spielberg had the idea during filming and had to go on a mad dash around about to try and get everyone sort of all together in one place to get this all done and filmed the way it did and also I didn't know this as well but the leaving of the stone on the grave is a Jewish sign of respect there you go there you go yeah. well there was one bit of, but I'm very much like Bunsy I also go and sit and read through the trivia even though I know that you're going to go and do it anyway but I'm just uh, it's always my night my nighttime reading um, one bit that stood out to me is that Spielberg will refuse to autograph any material yeah. related to this movie. I do have that written down enough. Fuck's sake, Hunter, you've got one job. <laughs> Look at that, even in, even in his uh, sideboarding work that he's cutting corners, eh? imagine what he does yeah. in his real job. <laughs> well, that's obviously been 
very, very heavy. Um, I know Instagram's been quite difficult to maintain things on scores and stuff, Daniel, but was it uh, more thumbs up, thumbs down? What kind of thing were we feedback were we getting from Instagram? Uh, I would say 90% or plus. Like you're, you're definitely between a 4 and a 5 for most people. Um, very, very few. I don't think I really saw any before below a 3. So, so let's that was about, it was about 40, 45 vote, uh, people. So. Nice. So thank you to all those that have voted on it. We are getting some really good interactions from Instagram as of late. But Hunter, let's come straight back to you and get your score. Again, similar to kind of what's been said, uh, for me, the subject matter does take a lot of the enjoyment out of it, but some of the genius of the acting and the direction and the cinematography does need to be acknowledged, and so for that, I am giving it a three out of five. A three out of five. Sean? Uh, it's a 3.25 for me. 3.25. <clears throat> Bonzi? Um, I'm also going to give it a three. I was just going to add something. This is that I thought the ending was really, really well done. Where Shinder um, obviously, when he gets the the letter and they've all signed it, that that was kind of the moment that I, it, it touched me more throughout the full film. Um, and also, what I was going to say is that um, I think in terms of my enjoyment, I would obviously rate it more. But because of how important it is a film that we've already touched on, that's so I'm going to give it a three point two five and slightly higher than my enjoyment factor, if you like. Daniel, uh, four point five. I feel like we're going to get slaughtered for this. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> I, we are. Oh. <laughs> well, I was going to go slightly above you there, Daniel, at four point seven five, because I think it's near perfect in terms of what it is. Uh, the only reason I'd score it slightly down is it's difficult, but I do I do think it's amazing. It's absolutely fantastic. Right. Um, I'll leave that little bit of a nugget between four point seven five and five purely down to the excitement factor. There's certain things that will get me going a bit more. I'm actually quite shocked that we've got three scores that didn't have a four at the start of them. That's actually same. Uh, that, that took me by surprise, surprise. To be honest, I think. Well, this is probably a good time to lead us into Sean leading out some of the abuse we've been getting on Instagram. Well, let's get the, score, the overall score, first of all, from Burnsy. So that's overall a 3.75. 3.75, guys. So that puts that bang on right beside Jojo Rabbit. <clears throat> oh, that's funny, the two Nazi movies. <laughs> two funny Nazi movies? <laughs> Well, this was built as a romantic comedy in one of our previous comedies, so... <laughs> Somebody commented that on Instagram. You've just stole my comment, oh, <laughs> Well, let's Sean come in with some comments that we've had uh, recently. I just took comments just from uh, the hot topics on the Instagram. So we've got one here. Uh, this is in relation to uh, Don't Look Up. Uh, real life Carter, yes, okay, thanks. Uh, said I turned it off the moment Jennifer Lawrence smoked weed, uh, so he obviously didn't enjoy. Don't look up. <laughs> God, didn't let him watch here and loving there, eh? Too much drugs in it for him. We had a, uh, a, a bizarre comment from a David Alonso underscore. Uh, he said overrated. Full stop. Uh, okay, overall. <laughs> Uh, I believe that's in relation to Jojo Rabbit, I think. 
Uh, and underneath uh, David Alonso 9, Susie uh, wanted us to promote it on reality records. <laughs> <laughs> the, the, the one frustrating thing about any post must be for you, Daniel, is that the 500 don't please promote it messages that we get. Uh, I, I usually catch them and delete them, but sometimes they, they sometimes they go inside other people's comments and that's a fair enough. I don't know really she did that. I thought, I thought they just died doing I didn't know how she was doing that job. No, I delete them. We get about 10 as soon as it goes up. Ah, uh, yeah, that's strange. We've got, obviously, the one that you guys just called out, but I'll read it anyway. Uh, Cinema5.move, movie, said uh, in relation to these two films that we've got today, uh, these are some of my favourite romantic comedies of all time. Uh, what a great way to start the year, crying emoji. Jesus Christ, man. Yeah. And I think this is about The Godfather. Uh, absolutely show, says uh, to me, uh, smoking some crack out there. Uh, some of the comments I've received have been disgusting. Uh, we've got uh, Deepak underscore Ponada uh, said, saw this post right when I was about to hit the follow. Never have changed my mind. Thanks for the post. Two smiley face emojis. Fuck <laughs> <laughs> oh, scores. Yeah. Deepak, fuck you, Deepak. Uh, yeah, Deepak can fuck <laughs> off. And we have got another uh, some uh, another positive comment. Uh, Vish- how the fuck did I Vishwatej underscore Vishu says, "Thank God I don't follow this page. All reviews are shit." Uh, and, <laughs> Uh, he has been backed up by 39 people liking that. It's not going well for us there. Uh, and yeah, that's uh, the highlights of Instagram this week. And I'll be doing next week, hopefully. Well, guys, do you know what's funny part about that is that that's 40 people in total that still look at the page to be to be happy that they don't follow it. But they're having a look, though. Well, I don't know. I don't know. Well, thanks for that, Sean. We'll look forward to the comments. Thank you guys for, uh, for being so shit to get some comments like that as well. I think we always have a pat on the back for that. Well, Sean, <laughs> if, I, if I heard it all correctly, there was only one person that was actually called out amongst your comments there, was it not? <laughs> it's just me, I maybe he's called in yours. Well, let's um, bring the tone straight back down and move on to the next movie. How, how does that sound, guys? Are we ready for this? Yep. Yes. Um, so, rip it off, band-aid to get it over and done away. Yeah. I feel like we should uh, give out like a support line number at this stage, right? So see if anyone missed it. If you need a bit of help, call like white hundred fucking morons or something. We'll speak. What so, do you, is if you if you go on to uh, Instagram, go to uh, the people that follow us and just put at s you'll get all the support that you need um, in there. <laughs> So, Marriage Story, out in 2019, uh, another movie over two hours long, so three and a half hours, in, uh, five and a half hours of movie this week for the morons. Uh, an incisive and compassionate look at a marriage breaking up and a family staying together. Stars Adam Driver and uh, Scarlett Johansson, who I think has been mentioned once or twice. Um, as I'm well. fed up. I'm fed up seeing her face now, man. Oh, honestly, I'm, like, I'm absolutely not. <laughs> not for me. Get her on. Hopefully, we're watching one of her movies in the next couple of weeks as well. That'd be ideal. Um, yeah, Hunter, we're coming straight back to you to get your thoughts and your take on Marriage Story. 
Uh, so, I didn't know what perception or whatever to go in when watching this. Obviously, I'd seen a lot of people bigging it up on the socials, so I kind of like to go in with a bit of an open mind. But I've got to be honest, for the first hour and a bit, I just was almost on the verge of being both to tears. It just seemed almost like a normal breakup. Like, I was kind of like the point of like, what is constituting this? being made into the film and how is it how is this person's story any different for any other reason or marriage or relationship breakdown or up and down the country and then we got to that one scene in the flat where they have that heated argument and exchange and fight and it was about the only time throughout the film but i felt like there was pure raw emotion i don't know i felt like there was obviously with the child being involved that obviously you're not really going too hard, you're not being too hateful, you're still trying to keep up a level of respect with those family members that may be in earshot when they've been having these discussions. But seeing that raw emotion come out at that point, I thought that was absolutely amazing acting during that scene. Um, just the raw anger, the hatred that comes out situations and you're saying stuff just for the sake of, you're trying to get a one-up, but it's like, and it's just we've maybe all been there to an extent having a maybe not to that level but having a disagreement or an argument with a loved one that can get a bit heated in it was nice to actually see that portrayed but maybe test to a sense as what can actually be done obviously maybe touching up with some of the trivia but obviously this is sort of based loosely on the director's own sort of marriage breakup so I don't know how true maybe that scene was what actually happened with him and his breakup, but again, the, as I said, that was the, the some of the, the acting in that was absolutely outstanding. And then I did feel like at then, what well, that was the point. I felt like it sort of boiled up to. Then we still got towards the end. Obviously, we've seen the, the obviously the stress that they were then under. Obviously, we had the drivers' characters then flying back forward um, to from New York. Obviously, it's trying, obviously the, the kids then becoming a bit sort of distant from him because of the distance. But he's under and he obviously tried to fight against that to keep him on side. And the, I mean, it's just, I, can, I, I, mean, I can't imagine having to go through that. I mean, it's bad enough out here, but obviously, when you've got, as a century, that's, although it's still one country, it's still, it could be the other side of the world, essentially, because America's such a place and having to go through all that, I can't imagine what that's going through. But I did feel from that fight scene on that. We've got the characters became a bit more believable and a bit more relatable from then for me. It's an interesting one, this movie, for me, because there's so much change between who I liked and who I disliked throughout this. Mm-hmm. So right. it starts off in, like, Adam Driver's character's a knob. And he's yeah. self-centred, he's selfish, it's all about him. You get the background in the story about how she changed her whole career to accommodate him and he doesn't accommodate and it's all like it's all about his theatre work and what he can do and he he comes across like that but then as the movie progresses and he's starting to lose his control because she's going through a lawyer and she's with her own family you start to see him wanting to be a dad wanting to be all nice and he starts to be become probably everything that she wanted him to be originally which is dead sad because he's not been able to identify that at the point, but then she becomes really catty and I think she's quite difficult to listen to sometimes when she's throwing her demands and she's got her non-negotiable aspect of it now that 
she's holding against him. And I, I think it's just, it's weird watching it because it's so many different transformations of it. And I felt like the kid was a pawn between them for a lot of it as well. Like, he's fighting to get the kid's time, but then he's got no time for the kid when he's there. It's all about what, he, again, what he wants to do. The kid doesn't want to go trick-or-treating. He's knackered. He's been... Let him sit and eat his, let, let him sit and eat his chocolate and his sweets, play a game with him in the house, <clears> and then put him to bed. Like, the wee boy would have loved it. But instead, you dragged him round, you took him to a shop to buy him a sweetie because you couldn't actually take him anywhere. Like... He's making decisions what he thinks going to score him points, but it's actually losing him more and more as he goes. Um, the scene where they have the argument is is dead intense to watch because, like you said, we've, even amongst our friends or loved ones or whatever, we've had that one-upmanship argument where it just spirals into nowhere. Um, that was that was quite quite good like good to watch in terms of the act and not good to watch because that's dark like yeah um yeah. One, one thing i wanted to bring up is like how much of a change does the movie make when the lawyers get involved in it mm-hmm. which is weird because when i watched it i thought the lawyers come into it and scarlett johansson's character starts to grow her and like her personality more she starts to actually yeah. want stuff and he loses control so he hates it <clears throat> But the lawyers are playing their game against each other, and then that's when it spirals, and they're, and both of them are getting manipulated off the lawyers completely. And then they signify that at the end, where yeah. the the woman, uh, Scarlett Johansson's lawyer, that got the fifty five percent. Yeah. Instead, and she never asked for it, like it was never. It was just all about winning for her. Like the, for the lawyers, it was just all about winning and getting their money. And that's all it was. I can't have him in the street saying he got equal. Mm-hmm. Right. Like, this is literally a three lives that you're playing with. So I was just going to ask, remember, it's like, when you say about the lawyers were wanting to win, but I remember there was a scene where it was uh, Charlie's character with his lawyer, and he was actually saying to the, I can't remember the guy's name, was it, um, on, I think it, uh, it was Bert, who, was, who the lawyer he did have, and then he sacked him. He went on right. as well. So it wasn't just the lawyers. He was wanting to win. He was desperate to win at that stage as well. Mm-hmm. Obviously, the lawyers were, as it progressed, he actually said a line, something like, no, I can't lose. I need to win or something. And the lawyer I found was the one that was actually saying, no, like, think about the kid and whatever. Whereas he had, um, the character, Ali, he was kind of more similar to the lawyer's viewpoint as well, which I guess Kelly Hansen's character was as well. But it seems to me as if everyone was all about winning. They both had non-negotiable terms that they couldn't uh-huh. budge on, and that's what makes it a really hard one when there's a when there is a child in the middle mm-hmm. of that. But then nobody listened to what the kid wanted. The kid had very strong viewpoints on where he wanted to be, but it was mm-hmm. just uh, it was just disregarded. But I'm gonna I'm gonna bring Sean in just now because I've I've jumped in and blabbered on over your over your time, Sean. <laughs> Yeah, uh, another uh, upbeat uh, watch, wasn't it? Uh, I was expecting most of this just to be going with the comments that people had left on the Instagram and stuff, but to me, I'm pretty sure that we all know somebody whose parents have went through, some, or maybe our own parents have went through some kind of divorce or separation like this. It didn't really seem uh, too different, but my parents are still together, but I've got friends who's aren't, and it doesn't seem too different to what what other people's situations would have been like. 
so for that, it just felt like each scene was just going over the same argument through points in the film, and it became quite repetitive. Uh, there was obviously a few bits, as you've already kind of touched on the argument in the flat. Uh, I thought that was going to take a big sinister turn. I thought that was going to be like a big turning point. I thought something, bad was, I thought something really bad was going to happen at that point. Uh, but obviously that's just me being fucking, I don't know, weird at thinking that something big's going to happen. But anyway, uh, but they both just kind of, it was just a selfish mum and a selfish dad. The most important thing here was the child and neither of them. Really, in my opinion, give a fuck about the child. They were both just trying to get one up on each other, which is a shame. And it's probably like the majority of separations and divorces uh, in well, this country but all over the world. Uh, going through like a breakup, as I'm sure we'll have, or whatever, it's never a pleasant experience. So that this is, it was just kind of weird that people were holding this in high regard for me because it, it was pretty average from my point of view. Uh, there was a, a couple of moments in this that were quite kind of. <laughs> that kind of relieved just the, the, the constant arguing, like the bit where he kind of slices his wrist accidentally when he's sitting there with the, uh, when the woman comes in and he sliced it with his Stanley blade. Uh, I, I actually thought he was going to die. Again, that's me just thinking that something... <laughs> 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 I thought he was going to Sorry to interrupt you, but how fucking weird was that wife? Oh, aye. Oh, aye. But uh, that, that's no natural reaction for some. If somebody <laughs> you're in front of has accidentally sliced himself with a Stanley blade, no matter what the situation is, you show more concern than that. Like, you, you don't just awkwardly take your, your handbag. And, like, and it was just weird. And I, I don't know, like, this, this was just a really, really weird film. It's just about two people breaking up. It's relatable to almost anybody that watches it. See, as well, just when you mentioned about um, how you thought he was going to die when he cut himself, is that that was after the scene where um, he said to Scarlett Johansson's character he hoped that she died, didn't it? Wasn't it? So, like, I think that was, I was a summer viewpoint as you because I thought it was going to be, like, karma for him saying that to her. I know he sort of obviously regretted it, but, like, at that point, I was thinking this is going to be their way of saying, well, you want her to die and you're going to be the one that dies yourself. So I was a summer opinion on you when you said that, but for that reason... Uh, so I'm just, I'm just, I'm just, I'm just thinking you were a bit. <laughs> 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 I thought there was more reason behind it, if that makes sense. <laughs> Sean's waiting for domestic violence or death. That's what it was. But it was also because when he's collapsed on the floor in the bathroom and it looked like he was losing consciousness, and then his son just walked in and you could see he's walked past him and he went, Oh, are you okay, Dad? And he's like, Yeah, I'm just tired. Like, that's not a normal reaction either. Like, if you walked in. I don't know, like. <laughs> I don't know. Like, I, I, I don't think that's a normal reaction anyway. I think that there would be, if a child of that age walked in and seen their dad or their mum lying on the floor, like, I don't know if they'd seen the blood or whatever, he was hiding it to be fair, actually. So maybe it is. Yeah, because he had it. I think there was the blood over the kitchen, it wasn't the most cleanest or safest when he was trying to wrap it with a full roll of kitchen or whatever. I think, um, I, 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 I don't know what. I don't know exactly what age this kid is, but I think you're overestimating the attention span of children at that point. Like I can, I can imagine kids just asking the question, "Are you okay? Yeah, I'm fine. I'm just tired. I'm just lying here and be like, sound. I'm away back to my bedroom." That that makes total sense to me. (laughs) No, it was just a. a, I I don't think this was anything special. As I said, Instagram is normal. The people who have got commenting on that seem to hint that every film is five out of five and they live in a, 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 
a land where fucking everything's a masterpiece. This was anything but. This was so far away from a masterpiece. There was there was good acting in it. I, I don't like Scarlett Johansson's short hair, so that was a hard watch in itself. But apart from that, like it was just. But look to me like a lot of people's upbringings with their parents splitting up and stuff like that. It was nothing out of the ordinary for me at all. And then obviously, I'm ha- I-, I thought that there was going to be a point where they were going to get back together at the end. I'm glad they stayed away from that shit and they just ended up being on level terms at the end and stuff, which is, again, so many fucking kids, that- that's their situation with their mum and dad. They're not together, but they're basically civil to each other and stuff. This was just nothing, nothing out of the ordinary. A pretty standard fucking... Joe Blog's life, that's exactly what this kind of struck me as. Ah, an interesting take in it, certainly. Bernsie, give us more of your thoughts. Um, I, I don't know if this film was trying to be too different or something, because, like, it just seemed as if, like, most of the, the, full, like, the majority of the film was just about the actual split, whereas I thought, usually, like, when I, with what I'd said in the brief that I read before it started, I thought it was going to be maybe more based on why they split up instead of it starting obviously pretty much as they're splitting and then you sort of find it background as the film went on I guess to an extent. Um, I sort of thought differently to you Kelly's like I didn't really think, I thought um, Charlie's character came across quite clearly throughout the film in terms of like the way that it was acted was, was really well done throughout by all the people especially like Bert who was the first lawyer but the other the two main characters were really good but I thought Charlie just came across quite, like you said, he came across quite arrogant and selfish. But then, for me, that didn't really stop that much. Like, he's the one that's obviously, he's the one that's cheated. He's the one when the lawyers get involved that he brings up her drinking and says it's worse than what it was. And he's the one that says that, what was it? She did like a, was she in some sort of porn movie or something as well when she was younger? I can't remember. It's something, to do, it's something like that, I think he mentioned, that came up that... That was just out of the blue, I think. I don't remember I'm saying that before, but it just came to me. He was the one that came across really unreasonable throughout. I know, obviously, she's went away <clears throat> and she's sort of got hurt saying, well, I'm staying here, I've got this job, you have to come and meet me, and that's that's it, that's final. But I thought it was also, to me, it was also based as the guy was kind of the bad person, like, throughout. I didn't really get the, get the point of where he actually became more like a dad and wanted to do good by his son. Which I thought was kind of a bit poorly written, though, because it didn't really get the happy medium for me. It always just came across as Scarlett Johansson's character was more in the right. So, um, for me, just to... Uh, to I, sorry. I was just going to say, uh, like you said earlier on, I was much like Kyle, that in each argument, I was changing my mind whose side I was on all the way through this. Cause in each individual argument, sometimes I was completely seeing Scarlett Johansson's side, and then they would have a different discussion I would totally see Adam Zyver's side and that was the one thing I liked about this I thought the opposite to what you just said I thought they did quite a good job eh? yeah for saying it was equally being cunts and equally being sound at different times of the film I said I got from it that Adam Driver's character married this star and for a selfish reason like he knew he was going to propel his career from marrying her right but she was right when she said that she was more in love with him than he was in love with her. So she pushed the marriage, she pushed the relationship, and he benefited from it. So he's in that, what, early 20s, was it? Or just as he turned 20? Of this, 
well-revered genius who was on the up that was getting everything that he wanted. Like, they stayed in New York. They went to Copenhagen just to benefit him. Like, they never done anything that she wanted to. He always found a reason, and he always got away with it. So Mm -hmm. for him to then get served with a divorce and it not be on his terms, because his terms were no lawyers, keep the cost down, I want all the money in the theatre. For then that to get taken away from him, you started to see his character crumble a bit. Like, he started to panic, and he started to become a bit erratic, and then that's like... Because the scene that stood out to me is when he was late picking up his son, and he's got the rental car, and he's not got the seat in, and he's effing and blinding at the seat, and then he's effing and blinding at the kid as well. Like... But then for, I, me. for me, I thought it was like, think of the stress and pressure that he's got mm. newly put yeah. upon him. Like, he has to fly 3,000 miles just to see his kid for a day, which mm-hmm. he never had to do before. And he probably never bothered seeing his kid as much as what he did now. And that's like a, a testament to how that character's had to develop differently, where Scarlett Johansson's characters went from being the person who's had to bend around everyone else to be in the person in control but she mm-hmm. she gets this airy arrogance about her that becomes quite unlikable mm-hmm. and I start I think to not like maybe it. not as um, maybe I just wasn't as forgiven as the film progresses because in the back of my mind was just all the stuff that he had done before that was still in my head so what happened and obviously as the film sort of progressed you did you were thinking well it's a shame for him, he's having to get this flat, he's trying to get as close to as he can. Then I'm still thinking, well, remember what happened like an hour ago in the film, whereas I'm not, maybe I'm not letting that go as much as I should have. Mm. Um, and seeing the other side, like I thought, I also thought that like, um, the all the lawyers, when, when they were involved, like because obviously it was really, it was just obviously all about the divorce and like, it was just constant, like as John sort of mentioned, it did seem as if it repeated itself a wee bit, wee bit much. Like, I was kind of wanting a wee bit more from it, whether it was more just background as to when they were together, then they have the divorce, well, then they're getting divorced, instead of just the divorce, you don't really see anything previous to that, even if there's some sort of flashbacks back into the past or something. So it was kind of just a bit kind of down throughout it, but when the lawyers were involved, is that they were obviously all out for themselves, as we spoke about before, like, there was some, some humour that they had added, like, just because they were desperate to win, not humour for the actual main characters that were involved, but just, they were, they just obviously didn't care about anyone apart from, apart from winning. Um, the only, thought, only scene I thought that was a bit emotional was the end one, well, towards the end where um, the son's reading out all the things that um, Scarlett Johansson's character likes about um, Adam Driver's character, which... But I was kind of just, I, I was expecting, like, so much Sean, I think, and one has quote it, I thought, like, he, I was expecting a lot more from it, and also based on how the comments on Instagram were, I, but I thought it was just a bit of a weird, a weird script more than anything, how they, as, as I sort of mentioned, I don't know if it was just they were trying to be, trying to be different, because if you just went with the, the standard, you would have had the previous to get a divorce, and then the aftermath. Whereas it kind of just did like everything about the divorce and nothing really much else. I don't know if that was. It just didn't really work for me. Um, but, uh, it was it was okay, but not anything, not anything spectacular, unfortunately. Well, I think um, we'll, we'll, we'll push Daniel into his thoughts things. I feel like they're going to be contrasting to yourself, Burnsy. Yeah. 
Um, a wee bit. I, I've got a feeling I'll probably give this a higher score than anyone else, but I do agree with quite a lot of the criticisms. But I just thought all the acting was amazing in this. No, I do think it's a shite script, and I think the guy that's written it bit um, must be an absolute wanker because he's basically written this about himself, pretty much, right? So he, the guy who wrote this, he was also married to an actor, an actress, and had a divorce with blah blah. blah. And he's just basically the thing himself, himself was a fucking genius about 20 times throughout the movie. And like, it's a bit hard. Where this falls down a bit for me is it's a bit hard to relate, right? It's rich folk who can afford to fly between their nice fucking apartment in central New York back to their nice house in fucking downtown LA, back and forth and argue over the thousands of pounds and their genius grant and their nice little theater company that they own. That's where it disconnects for me because who fucking who? Do you know what I mean like who gives a fuck? Just get it. Like it's it's hard to feel sorry for them about what they're losing like financially and stuff like that. Because and the thing is, she's like, oh, I gave up everything, and then within two years, she's winning an Emmy as a director. Like I mean, they've just got everything handed to them these two and they do it's funny because I thought very... that was a I thought that was a massive massive dig at him because she talks about yeah. how he didn't allow her to direct anything cause it was, and he stole her ideas so again yeah. going back to what I was saying about his early character was he benefited everything for her he took all her ideas and made it a big success for himself and she's branched out and started doing it herself that's it sorry I was just going to say it's like that bit as well is like there was she was she made a comment part way through the film I think when she was speaking to her lawyer about how he also stole ideas but she wasn't comfortable in like expressing the ideas then they go from like the split and then she comes back and she's directing stuff like would would she just like become confident overnight and just think she could do it for him that, that like there was, would you not say that, that so the fact that um, she's got rid of him that that she's become herself I, that's that's what I was supposed to be symbolising, is that it was actually him that was holding her down and making her feel that she couldn't right. herself. Like, she's got that within her, but it was never allowed to be out there. Right. Uh, I understand that. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, the, the thing that's good about this, right, it does feel like a, an actual couple breaking up. And I think a lot of that's uh, Adam's Iver and uh, Scarlett Johansson, because they're both, they do play realistic characters, the believable Although they're smarmy, fucking arrogant cunts, they're believable smarmy, arrogant cunts. Like they seem like people who would exist. Um, and at different points, the, the thing I liked about this was that you can, if you if you try and step back a bit, you can sort of see both their points of view and, and every single argument. Because he genuinely does feel sick about her going to have him stay in LA because she said, "Oh, I'm just going to go out here for the pilot," and then. And then suddenly he's been told, well, he was born there and now he's going to school there, so you can't ever take him back. And uh, she filed the divorce papers there, so now it's, it's all more in her favour. So it seems like, although it, although it doesn't come across that that was actually the case, it's understandable why he would then start to become so bitter, because it seems like she's been plotting this for a long time. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, and she stitched them up, and then they just slowly unravels for there. But um, obviously, we've mentioned the big arguments. We've mentioned the bit for the knife. Um, what I would say is, like, 
I think there's two movies about couples breaking up that are better than this. Um, one of them's called Blue Valentine. Have you seen that? No. No. It's got, it's got uh, sexy Ryan Gosling in it. Um, it's basically like this, but a few years before this, except it's poor folk. That's the difference, really. It's too poor folk. Um, and do you remember the breakup with Vince Vaughn and Jeff Aniston? Uh, yeah, that's better than this, that, That's a good movie. Well, I've seen, um, look at, when I was looking through trivia and stuff, and other people's reviews and trying to like, know a little bit about it, Kramer versus Kramer keeps coming up, which I've never seen. But uh, yeah, I've, I've also never seen it, but I uh, wish we maybe get that. If we get divorced up in the wheel again, then we'll, we'll, we'll do that. I've seen, I know the movie's name and the poster and who's in it and stuff, I've just never, ever seen it, so... Um, yeah. It's, uh, it's one Oscars, is it not? I'm sure. Five. <laughs> there you go. Uh, bye. No, uh, there's bits that I do like in this. There's strangely, right, because it came so out of nowhere. See when he gets up and starts singing. Mm-hmm. See it. See for the first like thirty seconds of that, I was thinking, this is just what the fuck's this? And then by the end, yeah, by the end of the song, I was I was totally drawn in by it because. Uh, much like, like Bunsy, I, I, I like, like to have the, the subtitles on, so like that, that sort of drive, drives home that the words they were singing were very much just reflective of every single thing that's happened in the, the movie so yeah. far. But at the same time, this is where you can tell that the guy who created this is such a wanky cunt. I mean, who does that? Who gets up in the middle of a place like that? It's just fucking annoying. It makes, it makes them unlikable. Uh, but I think the support cast is amazing this as well. The wee boys, no great. I was waiting for Burns to say that he hated them. I, I'm surprised he never had that. I think it's because he had like a, he didn't have like a really main character, and I felt actually sorry for him because we pointed out, well, not that, not that actor because I don't, I don't think he really added or made it, made it any bad or whatever. But I felt sorry for the the character because it was like, like we touched on, is nobody really cared about what he was thinking. So I think maybe that helped. That, I kind of felt sorry for him, even if it was like somebody horrendous that was acting on then I would have still thought, that's a wee shame. I've got a heart. Aye. Good, good. There's a wee heart in there. Before, um, um, sorry, Daniel. I was going no, to... No, I was just going to say that, uh, also, obviously, Bunsen mentioned, but when they read out the letter at the end, that kind of hit me in the heart a wee bit as well. Uh, it was nice. But yeah, there you go. I, I was just going to say before we go into some trivia and stuff, and I, I, I'm going to bring up the Oscars. I don't know if Hunter's got that on his trivia or not yet, but I'll bring up the Oscars in a little second. But for me, the person I hated most in this movie was her mum. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Wakes him up singing fucking Jesus songs, and then she's jumping about like she knows how hard and awkward that scenario is that Scarlett Johansson's character's creating to serve those papers. And she's running in and cuddling them and playing and having a laugh and she knows she's not meant to be there and it's like making it all about her, which I was like, get her to fuck, man. <laughs> Again, you can tell that this is the right of taking a dig at his actual mother-in-law. Yes. <laughs> Do you mean, that in her is like an incredibly unlikable bitch. Fair play. Anyway, right, Hunter, are you going to talk about Oscars? Or can I swing in here with some Oscar information? I've got, I do have some Oscar information, so I'll just collate it in with all the triggers. So again, 
As we've touched on, um, this is based largely on uh, backward door experiences when divorcing uh, Jennifer J. Lewis, I think, in 2013. Um, so, obviously, the quite weird because the Laura Devs character of Nora, the lawyer, was based on the list. She was the same lawyer who was the lawyer for not only Dems divorce, but also Scarlett Johansson's and Bachman. So, I mean, the thing, I don't think I don't like about this film is it's just too personal and it comes across like that and it's like this guy said, oh, look, this is how bad my breakup was. I'm going to fucking make a film with it. As I said, there's so many more people been affected in worse ways through the years that maybe deserve to have the story told. But again, because these are rich cunts, they fucking they've got the privilege to do so, and that's it. I said, oh, it's figuring me. I don't know why. <laughs> uh, so that is the, the Oscar trivia. So it was the first streaming service film to get Academy Award nominations in acting categories, and it was also received BAFTAs and Golden Globe um, awards as well. And it was also the only the best picture nominee for that year's Oscars when none of the main or supporting characters died. <coughs> Do we know which movie won the Oscars that year? What was up against? Jojo Rabbit. Jojo Rabbit was there. So it was up against. Oh, Parasite. 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 There we go. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And who was it? Who was a uh, best performance by an actor in a leading role that year when Adam Driver was nominated? No, Leo was in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. He was nominated for that. Jonathan Price was nominated for The Two Popes. Antonio Banderas was nominated for Paint and Glory. And it was won by Joaquin Phoenix for The Joker. Oh, yeah. Um, Sharna Drama has said, I came here to be depressed based on your stream title depress me well you'll need to go back and listen to us talk about Schindler's List because it probably was the most depressing half an hour I've ever had on a stream so you'll catch yeah. that on you'll catch that on the VOD um, but yeah a few a few nominations um, for for the Oscars uh, Scarlett Hansen nominated for Best Actress Best Original Screenplay Best Motion Picture but there was a winner do you have that in your trivia Hunter? So best performance by an actress in a supporting role by Laura Dern. So the Laura's, yeah. So the Jurassic Park. She is good. She's good. Like. Just refer to her as a Jurassic Park lady. That'll do. <laughs> Sorry, Hunter. Continue with your trivia. Uh, uh, so, so also, the, that, that fight scene um, was fully scripted, none of that was improvised at all, which makes me think that's what's essential, it's having word for word in that argument. It, uh, 50 takes over two days just to get that done alone, you could tell that's, that. I could tell that was what he wanted to be the crown piece in this film, was that whole fight scene. Uh, it was the first Netflix film to be given a theatrical release of 30 days, I believe they hired out. Paris Theatre in New York to exclusively show this film again. That just shows the fucking uptightness, posh, elitist wanker director. Thank you so much, I don't know why. I love it, I love it, I love it. I love it. <laughs> 
believe. Yeah, I don't know if he should let Hunter do any more trivia on this movie because I feel like he's going to go into the guy's fucking bank statements or something and just. If I speak, I'll be in trouble. Well, let's uh, let's jump in and score this again. How did um, I know we did, we're not doing scores for Instagram? But was it a thumbs up, thumbs down? Uh, this was more in the middle. Um, there was again, like Sean said, people see the amount of people that think every single film we've ever put up. There's loads of folk that gives five out of five. Like everything can't be fucking five out of five. Um, so there was plenty, plenty of those as usual. But there was a couple of zeros in there. There was a one and a two. Uh, so, so I, there's people had the extreme opposite view of this. So uh, for you, for you that aren't listening, either on the podcast or listening live right now, um, when we are scoring these movies, we do obviously try to take in consideration um, what a five is and what a zero is. So we've got one zero, and we've got very little five, zero fives across the board. Um, very rarely do we give out a five, so. When we do give it out, it is because it is in very, very high regard. Uh, just whilst we're talking about the podcast itself, guys, um, we, have, we had our best week ever in podcasting in the last seven days. Uh, 143 downloads for nice. uh, the podcast. Puts us up to 442 overall. So 143 in the last week. Uh, <laughs> the Spider-Man episode was the one that contributed the most to that. But do we know what the name of our most successful podcast is so far? And I think the title's got a lot to go for this. Jamie, uh, Jamie Foxy smashing Big Bobby. Uh, not quite that one. It is the glow in the dark dildos. Oh. <laughs> Was that Hocus Pocus? No, uh, the, the descent. That's it. <laughs> I fucking hated that movie as well. Uh, yeah, so Glow in the Dark Dildos is still sitting at the top, but Spider-Man's about two downloads away from overtaking that. So thank you to those that have downloaded already. And if you haven't, please jump on. You'll catch us on basically all the platforms for podcasts at the moment as well. Uh, Hunter, let's come to you first for you to score. All right, I'm just going to go in and give my score and leave again for Rambo one. So two out of five for me. I always piss myself when people ramble about how they're not going to ramble. <laughs> so you make it off a bit there, but is it a two, did you say? Yes. Right, so. Was that a two or a 2.5? Just a flat two. Flat two. I wrote down 2.5, see, we weren't even listening to you. <laughs> Sean? Hey, I'm going to a 2.25. 2.25, Burnsy? I'm also going to give it a 2.25. There's a shock. <clears throat> I think both movies the same tonight. You'll need to get in the line, Scoot. He fucking copied his homework. <laughs> Daniel? Uh, three for me. A three for you? It's funny because I feel like I'm copying Daniel's homework. I had a three written down for this movie as well. Uh, I, I enjoyed it. I, I, I did enjoy, enjoy it as well. That's, that's, that's what I came away from it saying. Ella said to me, How was that? That, that, that seemed a bit heavy. heavy. I was like, Ah, like, I'm. It wasn't bad, bad, I enjoyed it. it. Uh, yeah, the acting tweaks it up a wee bit for me. But again, I wouldn't watch this for a long time. Never again. No, I'll never watch it again. No, I'll never watch it again. It's no Spider-Man, I'm not going to watch it for the third time in two weeks. <laughs> but uh, I would definitely recommend watching Blue Valentine if you want to see a much better version of this. It's very heavy to watch that tomorrow and depress myself even further. Yeah. <laughs> it's been a, a heavy, heavy week. Burnsy, 
Put us out here with the scores for this one, please. So that's a 2.5 overall. A 2.5 for Marriage Story, um, which brings us to... It becomes joint 65th alongside Drive and a Sean favourite in Wreck-It Ralph. See, this is similar to Drive for me, and it's artsy, wanky, shite, a wee bit, do you mean? Like, that's a good, good, very good place for it next to that. There you go. Wreck-It Ralph 2, still not there on the leaderboard, though, Sean. Ah, <laughs> uh, when you get that done at one point. Yeah. <laughs> let me cheer it up a bit, actually, to be fair. Maybe I'm in my feet. well guys thanks for listening that does bring us towards the end of those two movies however before we move on we are going to spin the wheel to add on a a category for Instagram upcoming we do have a slight change to the streaming schedule coming in for next week I believe we're moving to Tuesday night next week morons yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah uh, Burns, Burns the Diva can't have a stream on his birthday. Uh, it's a sacred day, so he is going to be sitting in the house doing absolutely nothing, but he did blame Sean. Uh, I did have a laugh, Sean, uh, today when you uh-huh. messaged, messaged and said, are, are we moving the stream because the Red Men might want to watch Man United play? It's like, fuck off. <laughs> don't, don't try and put that on us. <laughs> oh, no, I was, I was quite happy to make it. It was just in case she's wanted to watch it. That was all. And also on Saturday, I'm just going to throw you under the bus here, Sean, is when I said to you on Saturday, on Saturday that we've changed it and you said I'd be watching the football anyway, so I wouldn't be on next Monday after you tried to tell us on the stream last Monday that it wouldn't have been a problem for you. Well, no, I'll correct you that. I never said it wouldn't have been a problem. I said you're just using me as a get-out for your birthday. <laughs> <laughs> right now now gentlemen you can take your cat in this offline after this as well let's get the wheel up on the screen just now well before we do the wheel we talk about what we're actually doing next week um, yeah talk away just now because I don't have the wheel available on the screen as I'm talking so um, let's get the wheel there there we go I've got it on so keep talking Daniel uh, aye, so these two films tonight were our 100th and 100th first movies that we've done so far and um, so what we're going to do is do a special episode and we're going to talk about the full league table so I suppose I mean how long how far back does the podcast go about 13 episodes or something so there's a lot of stuff that we reviewed before it was available on the podcast there's a lot of stuff and um, some earlier on so what we'll do is go through it so talk about how we got there, uh, and we're going to allow some changes. Are we going to, have we decided on that yet? Yeah, so we have a little uh, a little ad, added extra that we're going to put in there. So the, between us, we decided to do one up and one down. Um, so there's going to be one 0.5 that we can give to a movie to go up the way, and a 0.5 we can give to a movie to go down the way. Um, I've actually looked through the list a lot, and there's so many movies I want to add stuff to, because there's some things I'm thinking like smashing down the um, No Country for All Men even more would be funny. Smashing up Spider-Man to make it a five would be even fucking funnier. Um, I think that would help so many more people. Um, but I need to use it wisely. Um, do I move Zulu Dawn into the minus? What's it on the it's not a zero. Zero. It's not a zero. Minus, zero. Minus, minus 0.5. 
Um, but we do just need to analyse the list a little bit, guys. Have a look at the list in your own time. Uh, jump onto the IMDB list, which has had over 100 views since we've uh, updated it as well, which is going really well. So, And it will refresh yourself of the movies because I think one of the funniest things that we're going to have when we review these 101 movies is Burns' blank expression as we randomly put some names out there and <laughs> got no idea what we're talking about. Yes, yes. So we will. We won't have any sort of firm structure for that uh, streaming that recording that we're going to do. We will just fly through some movies and we'll talk where we feel necessary to talk on there as well. Um, we might put some things up on Instagram, try and get some of your guys' thoughts on the leaderboard itself. Um, get some more views on the, the IMDb list. That would be dead cool. Well, what I'll do is I'll, uh, I'll put out sort of them in batches of 10 on Instagram this week as well, starting from the bottom, so give folk a chance to get in the comments and slate us on every single one of those lists. It'd be quite, uh, so. It will be funny to see, like, if you do like a little collage and put all the scores above on them and ask people what they would score them out of five instead, um, mm-hmm. just to get a contrast on there as well. Um, but we are going to have a, a week upcoming with no movies for us to watch, guys, whilst we get our minds around this. So I think stopping with two really depressing movies was probably a good idea. But we will get the wheel up on the screen now that I've fixed it. So the wheel is now showing up on the screen. We only have a couple of things left on there before we move to our next phase of uh, movies. So we've got me, Burnsy, Daniel... Critics versus audience, under and over, which is in terms of time, and verses, which I can't quite remember what we agreed on for that. So that'll be interesting if it comes. So, <laughs> matches and stuff like that, was it not? No, I, I can't. Right, like put two, put two actors against each other or something. Yeah. Well, we'll, we'll work that out. So um, I'm hoping it's me, so I can put all movies to be over four hours um, on my list. So the wheel is spinning live for us to see just now. So. We have got, it's past me, unfortunately, it's past Bonzi, it's past Daniel, and it's landed on Critics versus Audience. Nice, this will be good. That's actually quite a, it's such a flat we've been getting from our audience online. Let's see, when they go against us this weekend, we can go against them to start week one of phase two. Uh, So to explain what that is, we're going to get movies to vote for on Instagram, so again, if you want to get involved in what we watch, go on Instagram. Um, and we're going to get movies that either score very highly with critics, but very low with the audience, or vice versa, so high with the audience and low with the critics. So I bet we'll find some... I bet all of those movies will be worth discussing, because there must be something polarising about them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there'll be some really arty-farty shite on there, I'd imagine. Yeah. Well, guys, thank you very much for spending the last hour and 23 minutes with us. We were worried that this was going to be one of our shortest streams that we've ever done, but I think we've padded this out really, really well. Um, And to steal a line from a movie that I watched uh, in the last couple of days, and if you can know what the movie is, please drop it into Instagram and let us know. But from me, um, I bid you farewell, morons. See you later.